Welcome to the Lunch Lads Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 16 of the Lunch Lads Podcast. That's right, we've made it to 16 episodes. Yeah, on today's plate, we are going to be talking about a superstar on the move and Julio Jones to the Titans. Then some NHL playoff action. And lastly, we're going to be talking about some NBA playoffs, some interesting topics there. So let's start it off. Donsky, can you tell us the trade for Julio Jones that sent him from the Falcons to the Titans? Yeah, so the Falcons sent Julio Jones along with the 2023 six-round pick, the Tennessee Titans, for a 2022 second-round pick and a fourth in 2023. So basically, it's a two and a four for Julio and a six. Wow. It kind of reminds me of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yeah, it's so I've seen a lot of people compare it to the DeAndre Hopkins trade, which just like the value that like you get, because like if you're trading a top five, arguably top three receiver like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, widely regarded as a top two best receiver in the NFL, you should probably expect that you'd get a first round pick back. But I think that the Falcons trade getting a second round pick back for Julio opposed to the Texans only getting a second round pick back from DeAndre Hopkins is way different. And it just proves how much worse the Texans are at trading because this, like the Julio second round pick, I think there was like a little chance that they could have got a first, but once Julio Jones went on to uh, Shannon Sharp, went on the call with Shannon Sharp on, uh, on the Fox show, then we kind of knew that there was like, like the team, like a team, would you give up a, a first round pick for a guy you know doesn't want to be there and is going to hold out? The fun kind of part is like this, yeah. this trade is kind of like it could have been a first round pick that we're debating, but the Hopkins trade, Hopkins is way better. He's, he's younger, way, and he's that way better one was yet. second. Like if this one's and they, had to take, and they had to take on David Johnson's salary. Yeah, now they have like seven running backs, like all like the same level. Yeah, ruins fantasy value for all of them. But, yeah. you know, Mark, and those aren't good fantasy backs anyway. Yeah, but I'm just going to say, like, as someone that does not like the Falcons, I think it was a pretty solid trade. Like, you weren't going to get that much more. I want. I wonder what a team like Baltimore may, or, like, New England was maybe willing to give up. But, hey, Julio, I don't know if he – didn't really like did he really get his wish though because like he said he wants to play for a super bowl contender or the titans a super bowl contender they could you, be with this new you think with this offense they're a super bowl contender they, their defense yeah. still is pretty bad yeah it's pretty bad but like aj brown julio jones derrick henry are all like massive 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 great guys. great o-line great o-line like I don't think the thing was everyone will load, load up the box against them because they know if the ball is going to Derek County in the end zone. If you load up the box and you're giving AJ Brown and Julio Jones like one on one matchups in the corners, like they're throwing a touchdown every single time. Yeah, this offense, that offense is really going to be unstoppable. Like it's, you know, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we used to have the best weapons in the league. I, I think yeah, it, might, it, might, it might be time to. To give that title, it's not even a bad thing that you're giving up to this. Group. No, because it's really unfair. So, like, we AJ Brown, like, honestly, this offseason he's become a little bit overrated by how much hype he's got. But I still think he's on the fringe of being a top ten receiver. I think he will be by next by the end of next season. Julio Jones, 
there are little health concerns. He's getting up there in age, but I've, I've learned over the years watching him two times a game against my team. He's Julio Jones. He is a top 10 receiver all time in the NFL. He is amazing. So, you know, again, as a Bucks fan, bye-bye Julio Jones. Thank you for your years of tormenting my team. I, I can't remember a bad game that Julio Jones had against my team. He plays healthy. He's in a hundred yard receiver. Nah, I, I actually can't remember. Like, I think I saw on Twitter the other day, cause I'm on like Bucks Twitter and everything. And I think I saw like his stat line against the Bucks. like his worst game that he had was like, like 70 yards in the touchdown. It's just like every single game. And th- we didn't have to face him last year. He was hurt for both our games, but you know, he's one of those players that like, on like your rival team like you hate so much but you respect them for their greatness like that drew Brees, like i just respect julio jones a lot i wish him the best but bye-bye get out of the nfc you guys think um Tannehill is the quarterback that this team needs to help them succeed or do you think they're gonna have to make a trade later in the season for a different quarterback if they want to win no yeah i think Tannehill's definitely their guy they're not gonna have made all these like acquisitions I'm a big Tannehill guy. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I'm not a huge Tannehill guy. I think he's like, I think he gets a little overrated a little bit. Like, I think he's on the fringe of top 10. Like, I'd put him at like 11 to 13. As of now, like, if I need a quarterback for a year, I would rather. No, he's a very solid. I would rather him. No, but like, I would rather him than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's like considered a top 10 quarterback. He's top. I would would disagree. I don't know if I'd put Kyler in the top 10 at quarterbacks, but. I don't have my rankings right here. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know them off the top of my besides, head. Besides, uh, besides the Titans, I know Russell. You're a big Kyle Pitts guy. What do you think this means for him in his rookie year? Yeah, so, so we could start talking something we haven't talked about, like fantasy impacts. But just um, well, Kyle Pitts, I think it just gives him a lot more targets, a lot more like target share. Obviously, when there is the top guy leaving, I don't know if the top guy's Calvin Ridley or Julio. But either of them leaving gives a lot more targets, especially in the high-powered Atlanta offense. Yeah. Can I make a bold statement? We're here on June 12th. We are months away from the NFL season. We're months away from the end of the NFL season. So it's crazy to get into award talk, but you can lock it down right here. You heard it here first. Kyle Pitts, lock NFL offensive rookie of the year. Well, yeah, that's not too much of a bold take. And that quarterback, it's, no, it's well, quarterback considering there, it's just Zach Wilson probably isn't going to win it because he's on the Jets. It's really Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence that or, I put in the favorites. Unless, unless Lance comes in, like we or Fields. If Lance comes in pretty early, I think Lance is like the favorite. I, I honestly don't. So I think that, I think that Trevor, like he's probably the boring pick. He probably realistically Trevor might win this, but I just don't think he's. I think he might get a little overshadowed because how bad his team might be. I think the second best chance at winning offensive rookie of the year will actually be Justin Fields because I think the Bears are actually like a sleep, kind of like a sneaky, like decent team. And I feel like, let's say like Andy Dalton sucks for like the first three weeks and like they're like one and two, oh and three. And they're like, all right, let's make a change. Justin Fields comes in, brings in like a little energy spark and like he kind of like leads them to like, a 10 and seven record, like to the playoffs or something That's like so that. Weird, you're 10 and seven. I know it's still like nine and eight, 10 and seven. It's like really weird. no more Cowboys. Eight and yeah. Eight no more eight and eight anymore. No more. Half. Now, now they're eight and nine. So yeah. let's, let's go into it. Let's go off fantasy impacts. We haven't talked a lot. Well, about I have a big thing with the Falcons for fantasy. 
So they're, they're normally known as a team with the two wide receiver, Calvin Julio. Those guys are both great receivers. Yeah. Now with Julio gone, do you think a guy like a Russell Gage is going to come in or like that Ola Miss Ola, I can't pronounce his name. You guys know who I'm talking about. Is he going to come in? Or do you think they're going to have a guy like Calvin being amazing and then two tight ends with Hayden Hurst and Pitts now? Like Hayden Hurst was my like sleeper tight end last year. Like I still think he's due for a good year. Uh. I don't know about Russell Gage because I still think that Kyle, I think like every NFL evaluator and like everyone like that's watched like highlights of Kyle Pitts at Florida, he's a wide receiver. He's not a tight end. So he's going to be playing a lot of outside. I feel like he might get converted to a wide receiver. Yeah. So I could see him get playing a lot on the outside as kind of like that wide receiver too. So I don't know what that really means for Russell Gage. I think, you know, like you're not going to spend like a top of, top 10 first round a top 10 round pick on russell gage but like if you can get him like in the 13th 14th round that's not awful value but like you know russell gage was pretty good when julio was out last year so no, that could be... but just one point julio only had fifth um 68 targets that's not like a g- insane amount of targets he, he i know he didn't play i'm just saying last year he, he's a great receiver, but he only took 68 targets from the Falcons offense. I think Pitts gets over 68 targets. Yeah. Doubt. So I, I don't know if there's room necessarily for a Russell Gage to be eating along. Yeah. Time. Look, I think this is, it's it's a development near, I would say. Like, I don't think Falcons aren't going to be good. Yeah. They're like, they're not going to be like, I think they're going to be okay. I don't, I don't know why they're, they're sticking with Matt Ryan though. That's what I don't understand. If you're trading Julio, why are you keeping Matt Ryan? I think it's not going to get much from Matt Ryan. They kind of moved yeah. on from their veterans. Though. Like they moved on from Julio. There's rumors that they moved on from Gurley, who's in a he's in the rumors now, like going to possibly the Ravens or the Lions, which both are bad decisions for both. No, he's not, he's not going to go to the Ravens because they he just signed the Ravens, Gus Edwards. They're just stunting Dobbins' growth. If he goes to the Lions, you're just stunting Swift's growth. So, so now let's go to the the Tennessee side of fantasy impact. What do we think of AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and Julio? AJ hey. Brown. And- I'm staying away. I, there's so I'm many away from all from all three. Yeah, but I still think Derek's an RB one. I just don't think he's one of those guys that's like a 18 per point per game guy anymore. I would still take. Well, I, I kinda, I'm staying yeah, away from Julio and AJ Brown. I, I okay. Wait, I'm gonna rephrase this. I think I'm more staying away from Julio than I am from AJ Brown because I still am expecting a big breakout year from AJ Brown, and it can kind of be. I know. I. I'm sorry, guys, I'm throwing in the box again. But, uh, you know, like two years ago when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were on the same team, like Mike Evans was still able to put up like 1,300 yards and like all these touchdowns while Chris Godwin had like the best season of his entire career and was like the number two wide receiver in fantasy. So I could see that similar situation with A.J. Brown continuing to develop. The Bucs didn't have that Derrick Henry running back on their team. Peyton Barber. I think no, AJ Brown, Brown's still going to be a borderline wide receiver one, wide, like top yeah. wide receiver two. Julio's going to be that bottom wide receiver two, top wide receiver three. Derek's going to be a middle of the pack running back one. Top wide receiver three? You think he's going to? No, no. He's going to be a wide receiver two. Just if he's injured, he's going to drop. Julio? Him. Yeah. People are going to take him as their number one wide receiver. I know people are going to draft him. I don't think he'll finish. We'll go top. So I think that both, I think all three of those players that you said, AJ Brown, they're all gone by the second round. They're gonna all they're all gonna be gone by the third third round, round I'd say. And I still think Derrick Henry, because you know, running backs, it doesn't really matter as much for like your receivers on your team. Like it does, but like 
Titans, they're still a running offense. And also when you get to like first and goal at the one, it's still Derrick Henry's touchdown. So I Johnny Smith. We don't talk about that, but it, it was like, you know, it's well, still like, Derrick, it's still Derrick Henry's are team. Are you telling but, me you'd rather on your fantasy team this Julio, this injured old Julio second wide receiver option in a running offense than a guy in Kenny Galladay who's now a projected fourth to fifth round pick? I don't like I don't want to pick him. I know people don't like Kenny, they want to stay away because he's on the Giants, but I still think Kenny's the better pick for Ben. I, I can't trust Daniel Jones. I it just yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't want to pick a giant. But I have a question. I'm happy to get Kenny Galladay dropping me around. I've changed my opinion. I'm in with the Daniel Jones. Well, I have I have some fantasy sleepers too, but we can talk about that closer. Yeah, I I just have maybe a last question about fantasy. So with the trade. Where would you rank Julio, uh, not Julio, AJ Brown or DK? Which one do you pick ahead of which? I'm still taking AJ Brown. I'm going to go. Mm, that's that's a tough question. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go DK. I'm going to go DK. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably yeah. going uh, AJ <laughs> Brown just because I don't think he's going to lose that many targets, that many catches. I think it's going to be DK or like other guy. Good, one of them's bad. D, well, as a DK owner last year who let me down tremendously in the playoffs, he was really good the entire year. I love him. And it's just like, I don't know, like when you watch him, I feel like he he just like he frustrates you sometimes because like looking at him, he has like the most physical like capability in the league, I think. Him and AJ Brown as yeah, like watching. If the two Ole Miss receivers. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough question. I think that. I still, I, I still think DK by like that much. Yeah. When we get closer after the summer, like start we'll talking about things. When we can start, to, we can do like a mock draft, something like that. We can go through the rankings. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see where they end up. So now still, uh, long, still a long off season. Yeah. Let's move over to NHL playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to talk about. Still, Islanders. Still, the Montreal Canadiens are still in the final four. This let's is wait, uh, let's wait on the Canadians. Let's talk about the non-Canadian division playoff. Sure. Right. Go let's ahead. Go Islanders and Lightning. Lightning in five. I'm sorry, Giddy. Lightning. Their Ouch. power play. Their power play is a 50% power play. <laughs> you can't stop that team right now. Like you have to admit, they have. The best goalie left in the playoffs. Second best. They have the best goalie left in the playoffs. No, he's better yeah. than Price. I know Price. I, I, I was not right, not right now. No. I was debating Flurry also. There's all goalies in the playoffs left are so good. I just realized. It's I mean, I, I think Grubauer was the worst one left. Varlamov wasn't even your starting goalie to start the playoffs. It was it was Sorokin. I love her saying it's a my start. Because you just keep talking. It is my team. It is my team. No, you can say You have to admit as much as you're an Islanders fan or whatever you are now. The Lightning are just so good. No, okay. So I support the Lightning too. I know this is like bandwagon because like, you know. That's fine. That's fine. Represent Tampa Bay. That's, you know, that's that's one of my second homes. But like, it's going to be, I think it will be a really good series. I know everyone's like, no one likes the Islanders. They're like boring or whatever there i've watched a lot i watched every single game in the islander series except for game one because that was the night of game seven as we know but the islanders are a really awesome team they're really fun i used i made a lot of fun of kyle palmieri and he's been awesome for them zayjack has a goal zayjack barzell's picked it up after we just said that he was so bad on the last podcast but you know 
I think that people are counting out the Islanders a little bit. I still this like is gonna be I, a pretty offensive scoring. I think this is gonna be a pretty high scoring series despite the good goal. So I think that the Lightning are gonna dominate this series. I think that they're gonna be all over the Islanders. And that's kind of what it was heading towards in the Bruins series for the Islanders last series. Like I was just like talking about it like, when I was like talking with like my dad about it or something like that. I'd be like, yeah, like as much like the Islanders are lucky to be like down two one here. Like they kind of got you know they got outshot so much in like that game two, and I mean, then they got don't need shots. They just capitalize exactly. So that's the thing. That's their that's their style. They just got to wear them down, and then you get that lucky like turnover, a lucky bounce, and you get a breakaway, or you get now they are playing front. your Tukarask. They're playing against a young Andre Vasilevsky. That's that's the thing. So you're playing against Andre Vasilevsky and the Lightning with awesome defense. And the Lightning don't make a lot of mistakes. You know, they're the Stanley Cup champions for a reason. So if I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to go Lightning in seven. But it's going to be closer than people think. I think the Islanders are going to steal a couple games there. Ross, what's your prediction? Uh, I said Lightning. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't see a team really beating the Lightning right now. It's what they're playing right now. I think it's Lightning in uh, five or six. Yeah. So let's go on to the more – talked about game so far in my opinion the canadians vegas as much as i really want to say that canadians are going to lose i, I just think they're going to win I, I don't know why. so i just have a question for you I don't guys think the we... one thing with vegas before you say the question Russ, yeah. vegas doesn't have like vegas doesn't have that top offense to play to play against the canadians i don't know if they're going to score against Carry Price as much as other teams would. Like Colorado, they have that high-powered offense that can what? stop. Vegas, like their offense. <laughs> I don't trust Mark Stone and Pacioretty being top two players in an offense. It's not something I know we're used to as Leaf fan, or I'm not a Leaf fan anymore, I'm not for sure. But I know we're used to as Leaf fans, you know, we get like we have like Austin Matthews, we have all the stars. You don't need all the stars to score. I think it's kind of been proven in this playoffs. You know, Vegas beat Colorado and who you know? You're saying Vegas is gonna have. You're saying Vegas is gonna have trouble scoring. I think Montreal is gonna have. It's gonna be a battle of the goalies, too. in my opinion. This is gonna be a great goaltending series. Carey Price versus Mark Andre Fleury. Okay, Russ, what was your question? Yeah. Um. Well, my question was maybe we could go into it a bit later. It was, what do you think would be a better matchup for Montreal, Colorado, or Vegas? And I know I'd have my answer. It would be Colorado yeah, because I agree. They're, they're more star powered and Montreal has proven to be incredible against the top three, top four guys doesn't and had harder trouble though. with death. I think that you guys would have had, a, I know like everyone was talking about how good Colorado was like after I played two zero in the Vegas series, well, like well-deserved so, but like, you know, you guys were able to shut down Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner and those type of guys. I think you guys would have yeah, I think if you put like the note, like the nose line on like McKinnon's line, like you know McKinnon, I I think he's a, a Which good. It, it seems so crazy. You put a, a Dano against McKinnon, automatically McKinnon's canceled. Yeah, out. I, I don't think he's canceled out because it's Nathan McKinnon. I think he's still like he's be- like he's better than Austin Matthews is by like I think a pretty good amount. But I think that wait before you, I don't think you would have said that before the playoffs. Oh no, I would have. I I, I disagree. I don't think you would have. I love Austin Matthews, but he's the third best player in the league. There's no. no it's, it's been known that Austin's always like he's that third play. Like he's, he's the third player. He's I don't. I there's, there's, there's bias. Leafs, there's bias. Leafs fans out there that put him over McKinnon. If you wa- if you actually watch McKinnon, you know that he's better. He just doesn't get a, as much. I know attention this is like not an actual debate, but like McKinnon's like I know this isn't a debate at all. Like I'm McDavid, 
there's becoming a debate that McKinnon could be. That's the, the dumbest thing ever. I know, I'm not kidding, but I'm seeing it on Twitter, like people debating it. I'm I know, it. and it's really like, stupid. The people are saying like McKinnon's proving himself. Like McDavid's still the best player, just because his team sucks because like they have nobody besides him and Drysdale. He made good. Like it doesn't mean he's the worst player. You're seeing yeah. more McKinnon recently. No, no. It. I think, but. Going back to the Habs, I think you guys would have done a pretty good job against McKinnon. Like, not Matthews level, like, completely shutting him down like you guys did there. But you would have held him to – I still think you would have lost to Colorado. I think you had a better chance against Colorado. I think you would have taken Colorado to maybe, like, seven games. But going back to the Vegas thing, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. They're well coached. They have great goaltending. Imagine yeah. Montreal Islanders final. That'd be shitty. Like the NHL would be so pissed if that happened. No, Montreal yeah. is one of the biggest markets in hockey. Montreal, no. It's not I, like it's like it's no, not that's, like a, uh, that's that's the worst NHL finals for them. Yeah, I, that's so not true. Yes, Montreal is like the one of the it's the biggest market. And I guess in it still is New York. I, I'm gonna go back on that because New York's a pretty big market as well. No, like, what do you guys say? Montreal's like one of the biggest markets. Like, okay, but they're the two most boring teams, man. They want they want Tampa Vegas right now. They okay. want Tampa Vegas. Those like are the Tampa. Teams. Tampa doesn't have as big of a market as Montreal does. Not Obviously not. Close. Not even close. I don't even know who they want because it's, it's the like market. Versus Montreal. Montreal. Okay, let me talk. Let me tell you. Okay, this is where I'm coming from on this. So Montreal in Canada, you're gonna walk. They're gonna get the ratings for the Stanley Cup regardless of who's everything. in it. Just because Montreal's in it, I don't think it's going to raise the ratings that much because no matter what the Stanley Cup finals, everyone in Canada is going to watch it. In the States, it's more exciting. No one really cares about Montreal. Like, first of all, in the States, it's bad, but not that much people, not that many people care about hockey and not that many people know the stars. Well, but I don't two, know if not many people care about hockey. They don't. The it's not. It's made not. The most rating. Out of every team in the playoffs, like including the first round teams, what matchup in the finals would have been like the most viewed in your opinion like what is like what like which uh, one is Montreal's the biggest hockey city in the world like I, I don't, Boston. who Leafs Boston I think it would be no, Leafs Boston. I totally if Montreal Boston that would have been the best for the NHL you you guys you guys I'm not just saying this because I'm a Habs fan Montreal is the, one of the biggest if not the biggest hockey markets in the world yeah but in the see in the world but that's not that big because no one what do you mean it's not that big it's the world you want to take into it you want to how much bigger you want to go Russ you want to take into consideration teams in the like people in the U.S. don't give a shit to watch Philip Deneau playing the finals they'd rather watch an Austin Matthews Mitch Marner William Nylander team well just because Montreal Montreal isn't that much the Islanders aren't fun to watch either as much as I like them so I think that Tampa Tampa Vegas you can play the narrative. It's like, oh, Vegas. Like, Vegas is a fun team because they're Vegas. They have, like, the cool gold jerseys. They're, they're still a relatively new team in the NHL. Relatively. This is their fourth year. They're looking to make their second Stanley Cup finals. It's pretty crazy. And Tampa Bay, they're the reigning champs. And you underrate how much people care about hockey there in Tampa because every, they love their hockey there, I'm telling you. I went, I've been to a game. They also want to win back-to-back. Sold out. Yeah, and they want to win back to back, and they didn't win last year in front of their home crowd. So I think they really want, they're really motivated. But anyway, getting away from the ratings part, because I think the ratings will stay the same no matter oh, what. Wait, what are our predictions for the finals? Okay, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm getting to. I'm going to go Vegas in five. I'm going to go for six. Vegas five or six. I think Kerry steals you one or two games. I'm going to go as much as. Vegas' offense, like, to me, isn't that good. 
I guess I'm gonna go Vegas in seven and have a Vegas Tampa final. Um, yeah, for me, like uh, right now, obviously Vegas is the better team. There's not like really way you could say the Habs are the better team. I I can't even say that, but that doesn't mean the Habs can't win. They have a chance. They have a chance. It's yeah, the, the better team doesn't always win the playoffs. The Habs but, haven't been the better team going into any series, and they've won both. Yeah, yeah. but if I'm going to go into this thing with no bias, I'm just as a hockey fan, I'm going to say Vegas in six, Vegas in five. It, it's hard to look at it any other way, but there's no reason that the Habs or really any team can't win an NHL series. Also, are, also are all of our finals it, the same? Are we yeah. all at Tampa, Vegas? Yeah, but also it's the sweep curse. It's the sweep curse, you know? Have you you heard of the sweep they curse? They didn't go to seven, though. No, nah, but no. So first round, first round, Winnipeg swept Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Now you sweep Winnipeg. Vegas is probably going to sweep you because... Right, that, they're, they're the curse when you only, when you go to seven. That's what... No, the, no, what, the curse... It's 11 years back. in a row. The curse back goes back two years ago when it was Islanders swept the Penguins then the Hurricanes swept the Islanders, and then but those the all went to seven. The Hurricanes. They all went to seven. Vegas no, they all got swept. Yeah, I know. They went to seven before the series. Then they oh, got really? Seven. Yeah. Well, then I don't know. Well, you guys did go seven before that series. Yeah, yeah we went seven. Six. No, I'm saying Vegas didn't go seven. Vegas only went six. They went six. If they would have went seven. Sweep curse, Vegas and four. Does that mean Tampa's going to sweep Vegas in the finals? You know what? To be interesting, I'm going to change my pick from Tampa to Islanders. I'm going to go Islanders and seven. Okay, so Islanders Vegas finals for me. Okay, so I think that's enough for the NHL. Gonna be great series, realistically, goalie v goalie, and then Tampa just destroying the Islanders and then high powered offense. No. <laughs> um, I think we should move over to the NBA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for the NBA, we're gonna talk about some player awards for this year's playoffs so far, going into whatever series they're currently in. I forget. Um, let's start off with our best player in the playoffs so far. So, Giddy, want to go first? Yeah. So, there's a lot of players that you could pick for this award. I bet you guys will probably pick those players, too. Also, for people out there, this is just, like, in the playoffs, like, you know, first round, they could be knocked out, too, for best players or stuff like that. But, you know, we're recording this on Saturday. They're playing tonight. But Donovan Mitchell has just – been amazing this playoffs you know that first round series against the Grizzlies they they took care of business and it wasn't talked about a lot but Donovan Mitchell went off in that series people don't really care because it's the 1v8 they're supposed to win right but these past two games against the Clippers everyone's like you know Jazz they're kind of like a fraud one seed like you know it's the Jazz Clippers it's their conference to lose now and I was one of those haters against the Jazz because you know, they're boring. They're the Jazz. Like, who cares about the Jazz? But, you know, you watch those games, and I'm cheering against the Clippers because I hate the Clippers. And Donovan Mitchell, he's putting that team on his back. He was going off in game one, and it's like, all right, is that a one-game wonder? No. Game two, he goes off just as, like, he was incredible. They haven't so, lost since he got back from injury. Yeah. Yeah, and he got back from injury. He didn't even play game one of the play. He's since he's played for the Jazz, they haven't lost a game because the one game he played, the, the Grizzlies won. So I think that he's been outstanding, and I think he's been the best player in the playoffs so far. He's carrying that team right now. Okay. Yeah, Donnie, your best player? 
my best player is the obvious pick, in my yeah. opinion. Like, he's, like, more well-known. He's, like, an NBA superstar, Kevin Durant. Yeah. He's played eight games. They're six and two. I don't think anybody has doubted them for one second this playoffs that they're the underdog in any game. No matter when, who they play, they're always going to be the favorite team. He's averaging 32, four, and eight in the playoffs, shooting 50, 50, and 90 from Insane. percentages, averaging two steals and two blocks a game. I think that just says it all. Like, he's playing outstanding, best player on the best team. Their offense is too good for anyone to stop with him playing this good. Harden's been hurt as well. Yeah, so he has to pick up the load a little bit. He's the best player in the NBA that's still in the play. Yeah, I agree. He might be the best player in the NBA. He could be the best player in the NBA. He's the most skilled player by a mile, in my opinion. Best scorer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now for my best player in the playoffs so far, I I think even though he's out, I have to give it to Luca. Yeah. Luca just going to seven with the Clippers. I thought they were going to win in the sixth game or the seventh, but yeah, Luca just putting on incredible performance. Not his fault that they didn't win. He did everything he could. Yeah. In game seven, put up 46 points, put up 42 earlier in the series, 44, 39, like they had no answer. Yeah, they, they had no answer for him. They still Clippers were still able to they're, win. What's like, they're known off their wing, their um point guard shooting guard small four being the best offensive like, like back. Yeah, and the they couldn't guard Kawhi. Kawhi can like okay, so in game seven, Kawhi when I think he really like was like, Oh crap, like we can get eliminated here. I think he started like really trying on defense, and Luca did have a little bit of trouble with him, but he was still getting his way, he was still getting his way. He was getting his buckets, and he owned Paul George. He owned Patrick Beverly. Okay, let's move over. I'm I'm guessing somebody has his teammate for the next award, most disappointing player. So, Jake, want want to start it off then? I don't know what's happened to him. It's really disappointing. He was one of my favorite players back in New York. Tingus Pingus, Kristaps Porzingis. What happened to you, man? Like, come on. I remember, like – wasn't that long ago when he was playing for the Knicks and he was the unicorn. He was this next, this coming up superstar. And, you know, he tore his ACL, like freak accident, very unfortunate injury. And that was the last game he played for the Knicks. And then the Knicks dealt him the next year to the Mavericks for, and Tim Hardaway Jr. for uh, a first and Dennis Smith Jr. And everyone's like, the Knicks got robbed. What is this? I don't think they, the Knicks won that trade. They won that they trade. They got, the back the year they, got the, they got to clear that cap space. That is, in my opinion now, the worst contract in the NBA in Chris Dapp's Porzingis. He's getting paid so much money, and he's just – he can't do – like, so I think he forgets that he's 7'3". Like, it's one of those weird things. Some players, like, they just don't realize how big they are. He's 7'3", and he's, like, standing – from like I know he's a perimeter shooter, but like Chris Stapps, you can't shoot like that anymore. All right, he buddy. Can't play defense for his life. In game seven, they were on. They had like a fast break, two on one, and he was dribbling the ball, and he just pulls up from three on like this guy's like six three. That's like on coming back on defense, like just dunk on him or put it up for a layup or pass it. No, he pulls up for a three and he misses and just turns the ball over. Like I don't know what he's doing. It's no longer the Chris Tapps Porzingis trade. It's the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade because he's been a lot better than him. And I know that 
And then comes out after the series that he's frustrated with the Mavericks, that he's not treating like a, a star. He's treated, he's treated like a side piece to Luca. Guess what? You are a side piece to Luca. You're not a star anymore. You're trash. You okay. are trash. And all right. Now going over your your uh, worst player. Um, so going over to New York, the guy that supposedly filled Kristaps Porzingis' shoes and Julius Randle. He's my most disappointing yeah. player. He was so good in the regular season. Like he 100 percent deserved that most improved award. Good for him. Like great bounce back season from his like career that hasn't been as good or like lived up to his hype when he was drafted by the Lakers. Comes out in the playoffs. He had the points. Like he shot, he got 18 points, four assists, 12 rebounds. But the stats don't show everything in this situation. Like he's their star player, can't be shooting 30% from the field, 30% from three. Like he's supposed to lead that team. And if he leads the Knicks team, they have a chance against this Hawks team. But he did nothing. Like RJ Barrett was the better player in the series. And like Julius Randle just couldn't make a shot, wasn't playing the best defense. Just like, you can't do it if you're the best player. You need to step up in the playoffs. It's when it matters most. Yeah, I, in my opinion, I, I kind of saw it coming. I thought the Knicks were going to win, and I was cheering for the Knicks. But you could tell right after, even when they won game two, they, like, they only won that game because the Hawks could not make anything, and Julius Randle did not help. It was kind of a predictable in my, like, I could have saw, I could have seen that coming. You know, the Knicks, I was talking, like, you know, because, like, I have some Knicks fans in my life. And the problem with the Knicks was that their whole thing the entire season and why they were, like, they got to the four seed is they tried harder than everyone else. They put in everything every single night. And that can get you a long way. But then when you get to the playoffs, everyone's trying really hard every night. So, yeah, and then it just comes down to talent and Unfortunately, the Hawks are a much more talented team. And as good as Julius Randle was, very disappointing in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah. So, my um, most disappointing player is LeBron. Um, LeBron yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's a great player. I would say second best all time, but we don't need to. think talk he's a good player? That. Yeah. Well, that's uh, all getting into a conversation about the GOAT. Yeah. Um, but just. It's upsetting when you get eliminated in the playoffs, especially first round, and you just expect a lot more out of LeBron and just didn't perform to what we want him to perform. Uh, I watched that series. It was a bit upsetting, but LeBron still did put up some good stats. He had were they down on, in every game. Were they down 3-2? Yeah, it was – yeah. I feel like everyone's like, they're down 3-2. LeBron's going to turn on – LeBron goat mode into the playoffs and just nothing happened. He was the same player. Yeah, exactly. Fact, like a robot to come out, and it just then you realize he's still human. But so to be fair, so I I I really love LeBron. He's like probably my favorite player of all time. And this year, I really did not like LeBron because I thought he was being a crybaby the entire year with the fouls and everything. And you know, he didn't live up and I was cheering for the Suns too and I was making fun of LeBron calling him Mickey and everything like that the bubble the entire playoffs and it was I was happy when they got knocked out but the LeBron slander I thought it got a little too much because to be fair I know these are excuses but they did have the shortest turnaround in NBA history coming from the championship getting right back into the regular season their guys did not guys that they got to surround him. I mean, was a DNP in the final game of the year. Yeah, Harold Kuzma is going to be playing for the Shanghai, Shanghai Sharks next year. Um, I love those memes. They're so funny. Uh, Drummond is 
what we all thought he was. He sucks. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is not going to be a Laker next year either. And Anthony Davis, you know, people say, oh, Anthony Davis carries the Lakers. No, LeBron carries the Lakers, but Anthony Davis is like a big part of that team. They needed him. So as much as I like making fun of LeBron, I'm happy the Suns beat him. He didn't, he didn't go full LeBron mode, but to be fair, I think he knew that he was hurt too, LeBron. I think he knew that this team wasn't going anywhere. He's not going to put like go like full like Cleveland mode when he knows that this team does not have a shot at winning a championship. Okay. Yeah. Let's move over to most surprising player. Do you want to start it off? Yeah. So most surprising player, I thought that this guy was going to have a lot of trouble mm-hmm. in, in the playoffs. And I had him in fantasy this year and I was just always disappointed by him. And he's been amazing. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that I think you can put as a playoff performer. DeAndre Aiden of the Phoenix Suns has been outstanding this playoffs and he doesn't get for a a former first overall pick. He doesn't get talked about enough because, you know, he gets really, he gets put in like the backseat to Luca and Trey from that draft. And everyone's like, Oh, Phoenix, like really screwed up, screwed up that one with not picking Luca or Trey. And yeah, they did. Luca is going to be one of, in my opinion, he's going to go down as like a top 15 player of all time, but the DeAndre Aiden pick does not look as bad now, considering where they are right now in the playoffs. He's been amazing for them. They couldn't stop him in that Lakers series. DeAndre Drummond could not guard him, like literally could not guard him. And he's been pretty, like, you know, Jokic had a, went off last night, but he's been pretty decent on Jokic. He's been getting his points. He's been getting his rebounds. And I'm just, I'm really thrilled to see DeAndre Aiden because that was what they needed to make the next step in the playoffs. Cause you know, you knew Chris Paul, he's going to do his thing, get his mid range buckets, be the field, like the floor general. And even though he was kind of unproven and I think some might be talking about him after, but Devin Booker was, you know, he's, he's a walking bucket. He's going to get his buckets. He knew he was going to do that. They just need that third guy. That's really going to put him over the edge. And I think DeAndre has done it for them. And that's why I think that they're the favorites to come out of the West. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go next for my surprising player. I'm going to have to go with um, Devin Booker. Uh. He, he, yeah. The Phoenix Suns, they've just been incredible. Um, Aiden and Booker, I think it's Booker would be more surprising to me because even though he's the better player on the team, I just, you don't really expect him to be carrying the team to yeah. where they are now. But yeah, so most surprising. And uh, Donkey, who's your player? Um, My player got it in the first round. Their team pretty did pretty shit, but it's John Moran. Like, I did not expect yeah. him to get it all. First playoff series of his career. They won that one game, good game one. That was all him. Like, Jaron Jackson's been injured all year and hasn't been doing anything. Like, like you can say Valanciunas is a big component, which he was, but, like, that's mainly Jaw creating opportunities for him. Jaw was awesome. Jaw played 41 minutes in the series, averaging 38-5, and five, shooting 50% from the field, 30 from three, and 78 from free throw. And he's not a good shooter normally. Like, he, like, outperformed everything he did in the regular season. Proved that he can be a – like a point guard superstar on a team, which I never thought he was. I always thought he was going to have, he wasn't going to succeed because he's just like a dunker, like a Russell Westbrook who can't win games. But he's changed my mind in this series, showing that like he can actually lead the team to like a 
a deep run in the playoffs later on in his career. Yeah, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by John Moran because he, kind, he, he was injured a little bit this year, but he kind of had an underwhelming season compared to his rookie year. I think people kind of were like, all right, he hasn't really made that next step. And, you know, the playoffs are where stars are born, in my opinion. And he really proved that he could be a playoff performer one day. And I'm excited to see what he could do next year, building off that. I think he could be maybe an all-star next year. But I think that wraps up, wraps up our NBA and that wraps up the podcast. Before we go quick, who's winning tonight? Austin, Austin McBroom or Bryce Hall? Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall? Tonight, yeah. I'd put a million Austin McBroom. Ooh. Yeah, so as a former Bryce Hall stan, I do not like him now. So I hope Austin McBroom wins, but I'm going to go Bryce Hall too. But that's it for the podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah, peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.